Hey guys, it's Preston here. Before we get started with today's episode, I need to ask you for help. Every week, Clay and I show up ready to give our most authentic, genuine advice for freelancers trying to scale their business, but without a freelancer on the other end of the call, it's really just not as fun. So if you've been listening for a while, or even if you're brand new here and you still haven't joined us for a call, do me a favor and click the link in the show notes of this episode, or just visit freelance2founder.com and scroll to the bottom of the page. There, you can sign up for a time to chat with me and Clay. You'll find a short survey so we can learn more about your business, and we promise we'll do our best to help you take your freelance business to the next level. It's all free. There's no catch. We just love to air these conversations on the podcast. You don't have to be a podcaster. You don't have to have everything figured out, but in order to make this show every week for you and thousands of other listeners, we need your help. So visit freelance2founder.com today and sign up. We can't wait to chat with you. And now, on to the show. Hey everyone, I'm Preston Lee. And I'm Clay Mosley. And this is Freelance to Founder. Every week, we sit down with freelancers like you for actionable coaching calls with one mission. To help you ditch the feast-famine lifestyle. And build your own sustainable business. At one point, we were both brand new freelancers, barely making ends meet. But by now, we've started, grown, and even sold a few businesses of our own. And we want to help you do the same. If you're ready to go from freelance to founder, then join the army of freelancers who are taking matters into their own hands. Visit freelancetofounder.com to apply for your own on-air coaching call. And now, get ready to take some notes because an all-new episode of Freelance to Founder starts right now. On today's episode, Clay said... I got a little salty, (laughs) but it's only because I'm really passionate about our guest Logan succeeding with her agency. Logan has grown her agency fast, 15 employees over the last two years. And with fast growth comes growing pains. For Logan, most of the pain comes from managing her team. So today we help her see how to better manage hourly workers, how to hold team members responsible and accountable, and how to build a process that actually works. Stay tuned and we'll be right back after this quick break. Whether you want to travel more or communicate better with international clients, you need to try Babbel. I've used Babbel's courses and you can do the same in order to learn real life conversation skills in a different language, order food, ask for directions, or speak to clients without having to use translation apps. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash freelance. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash freelance, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash freelance. Rules and restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Freelance to Founder. I'm Preston Lee with Milo.co and joining me on the air today is my friend Clay Mosley from GetDripify.com. Hey Clay. Hello again. I can almost do that with my eyes closed, that intro. <laughs> you should be really proud of me. I got I gotta come up with creative <laughs> ways to say hey. <laughs> I think that's I the first time I said hello again. <laughs> So fancy, so formal. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but welcome back. It's nice to chat with you again. Also joining us on the air today is our recently made new friend, Logan Ray. Hey, Logan. Hey, how are you guys? Doing good. Welcome to the show. Hey. Thank you. We're excited to have Logan today um, back for a, not back, she's never been here, but, but Clay and I are back for another coaching <laughs> call. Um, excited to have you on, Logan, to talk about your business a bit today and uh, maybe help you overcome a few hurdles. If you want to join us on the show like Logan is, 
you can visit freelance2founder.com and just scroll to the bottom of the page. You can sign up. It's really simple, really fast. But Logan, why don't you tell us to start off a little bit more about your current business? What are you doing currently? Awesome. So I have a marketing agency and I went freelance to founder very fast. And I think I skipped some of the processes um, in place. And that's kind of where I'm at now with my business is putting those um, in place so that we can scale up. But we're a full service Mm -hmm. digital marketing agency. Uh, We focus mostly on, you know, fulfilling the role of being like a remote CMO for companies. Very cool. I love it. Very succinct. Um, so when you say you went from freelancer to founder really fast, why don't you just give us a short uh, idea of what that looks like? Like, what do, you, what do you mean when you say that? Sure. So during COVID, I was actually the CMO of a large behavioral health group and um, just some minor conflicts in leadership management um, happened. And I decided to step away from my position there. And I took on a bunch of freelance work. And then I ended up hiring my assistant who was in that job role with me. Um, and we just started taking on freelance work and all of a sudden I ended up with, you know, four employees and then five employees and then 10 employees. And now we're up to almost 15. Um, but there wasn't like a clear, I'm starting a company today. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And, and demand was just so high from, was it like people you knew from your job or people, how, how did people find you? So, um, am I allowed to curse on this? Sorry, you can off. say whatever you'd like. Awesome. All right. So <laughs> my Instagram handle is that marketing bitch. And um, I've kind of everything that I've done, I've built myself to be brandable. Um, that was one of the first things that I was taught originally. Um, my undergraduate degrees in neuroscience, that the psychology of motivation is people will always buy from you no matter what you are selling if they believe in you. So if you can brand yourself, it doesn't matter if I'm a marketing agency or if I'm selling, you know, handbags, they they'll be bought into what I'm I, I have to offer. Mm. So I branded myself really well. Even while I was working for other companies, I'd show a lot of my work qualities. Um, I would show a lot of the things that I was interested in. You know, if it's a personal page, you're posting the books that you're reading, you're posting the podcasts that you're listening to. Um, and then all of a sudden, the people that are following you grow and they have like a trust factor in you because you're putting out information that's relevant to them and their business um, or what they're interested in. So it kind of just came as demand in that way. Like we have yet to go out and ask for business. We're just about getting ready to start that. Yeah, very cool. There's a lot of people on this podcast that wishes that that's the way it happened to them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, especially especially at such a large scale, like where you're able to hire so many people. I think I think everyone has a little bit of that, right? When they when they start out freelancing and they maybe have one or two people, but to have enough uh, awareness in the marketplace to then have to hire a a good sized team to really, I mean, Mm -hmm. 15 people in two years is like is nothing to sneeze at, and um, and to and to have that much demand, mostly from your own like personal branding and and outreach and. I mean, that's, that's pretty good. It's pretty phenomenal. Yeah. It's almost embarrassing. Like even our own website just says under construction. <laughs> yeah. We, we saw noticed, that. We noticed it. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting ready to launch something really cool that has a lot yeah. of content on it, but I didn't want to put it out until it was ready. So we've just been yeah. riding with that, but it's yeah. like everything that we've done for our clients kind of, again, speaks for itself and then ends up turning into referrals uh, very quickly. I love it. Well, you uh, you called us today because you had a question about 
you said you said you sort of skipped over a lot of the traditional scaling pieces or growing pieces of starting an agency. And when you fill out your questionnaire, which again, if you want to join us on the show, it's a very short, simple questionnaire. Um, but you put that you wanted to talk about employee management, putting processes into place that benefit employees, things like that. So where should we start this conversation, Logan, um, about your employees? Where can Clay and I help you find some clarity on on how to work with employees, how to help them feel feel appreciated? Like what's if you had to pick the biggest pain point right now, what would it be? So, um, again, I think it's structure. I think it really is just going from that like freelance mentality to then once you have employees, being able to give them the support that they need and the structure that they need to function in a way that's conducive to business, but then also allows them the lifestyle um, you know, mm, that this becomes yeah. a career for. Like, You don't want to work for a company that you don't believe in or that doesn't offer you comfort. Yeah. So okay. So, are, are most of your employees in office? Do you all work in the same office? All of them are in office. Okay. Cool. And you said you're located in Florida. Yep. And so, is, have you hired mostly from a local talent pool, or have people like moved there to work for you, or? Um, I've had both instances happen. Um, right now, everybody's from a local talent pool. Um, what I've started yeah. realizing too is that even from the local talent pool, it's been um, better to find people that have a passion, maybe not yeah. the experience or the education, and then help them build that. But once we get to a point where I'm so overwhelmed with work, it's hard for me to um, give them the structure that they need even too. And that, that's kind of yeah. where I'm at. Um, I hired a management team that's been doing really well, but they're still also new to the company and the business. A lot of our employees are newer too. Um, yeah, I was going to say, break break down for us sort of the makeup of the team. How many of them are are doing sort of the day-to-day client work that are web designers or, or mark, I guess not web designers, like marketers or, and then how many of them are working on operations for your business or doing sales or like what's just, what's the makeup of your team? So I have, um, I have an executive assistant. I have an office manager. I have two girls that came on recently to start focusing on like onboarding and business development and kind of that account management cool. field. Yeah. Um, I have a part-time person that comes in to support with content and copywriting and kind of whatever needs to get done that day. Then I have a full-time web dev girl um, okay. that helps with that. Um, and then we do... We have like one remote employee that we work with. So there's two people on like the web development team. Um, I also don't offer any services that I couldn't perform myself. So I have my hands in a lot of things that I'm trying to take them out of. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a director of like multimedia. um, So all graphic design, photography, videography, she oversees. And then um, we have a couple people under her that mostly work in the social media department. Um, Probably social media department. Two or three. I'm curious. I'm curious um, how, like, why you think this is. You know, working from home is mostly great, but there are some days when I realize I haven't left my house or even my chair like all day. Have you been there? Getting outside to exercise or making a trip to the gym are just harder now that my office is just a flight of stairs away. If you're stuck in the same rut as me, then you should try Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W. With the Hydro rower and 20 minutes a day, getting a full body workout is so much easier. Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles 
in just 20 minutes for an insane effective home workout. That's because Hydro pairs the effectiveness of rowing with the power of technology to connect you with over 5,000 video trainings, classes, and workouts. And get ready to get out from behind your home desk because after a few months of daily rowing with Hydro, your partner's gonna wanna take you out for a night on the town to show you off. This spring, join the growing rowing community at Hydro. Head over to hydro.com and use code FREELANCE to save up to $400 off your Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com and promo code FREELANCE to save $400. Hydro.com, promo code FREELANCE, or just click the link in our show description. Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people call in with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant, or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs, and did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, so why is this a pain point for you? So the main things that I found, um, we were using like a time clock system that is a little bit like subjective, but getting people to take appropriate breaks at appropriate times that benefit both them, like actually taking a lunch and stepping away from the work. Um, and then also some of our client clocks we do billing on. So I at one point had employees that are no longer with the company, but they would be clocked in under the client time and go into the restroom and take selfies for 30 minutes and be posting them on their social media. And then it's like billing our client for that time. So mm-hmm. I, you know, as any business owner, I would be kind of upset about that. And then I took away like paid breaks. Um, everyone was on salary originally and they were, you know, again, no, nobody that's in this room right now or working for me currently, but it's like, I had when I had them on salary, they were coming in 20 minutes late, they were taking an hour paid lunch, and then they were going home 20-30 minutes early or leaving for an appointment or whatever it was. It was just like really hard to manage. And then um at the end of the day, I would be the first one in the office and then I would be here still working until eight, nine o'clock at night, and they're across the street at the bar drinking, asking me if you know I wanted to step out with them for a minute. It's like I literally couldn't. I, I had so much work piled on me. And then I realized I'm paying them for eight-hour days, and I was really only getting probably five and a half to six hours of work from, from each person. And um, that had to go. And then when, when I changed the structure, then obviously that builds some resentment. They are not understanding the business side of it and how that's not crucial. It hurts my lifestyle. It costs me thousands and thousands of dollars because obviously I'm obligated to pay them, but then the work's not getting done. And I'm, I'm at a bottleneck and I'm unable to grow because it's relying on me to get the work done. I can't hire anybody else at this point in time. And I'm overpaying for services that aren't actually being rendered. So when (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot to unpack there, Yeah, there's so much to unpack. Yeah, I was going to say, try to clean that up and get that under control. Now everybody was more on an hourly basis. But again, they have self-management. 
So they're allowed to clock themselves in and clock themselves out. Um, in order to be considered full time, it's a 40 hour average over 90 days. But like, I want to make sure too, okay, is that a fair way to, to manage it or, or how it goes? Because yeah. I have another employee that only works maybe 32 hours or 35 hours consistently and doesn't qualify for those benefits. So if I pull a 90 day um, time period from somebody who's supposed to be working 40 hours and gets benefits and they only are working 32 or 35 hours, they tend to be upset with me when I'm like, hey, you don't qualify for benefits. Who? Mm. Clay, what, what are your initial thoughts, man? Um, okay, so <laughs> it is a lot to unpack. Uh, so I, just so, just for context, I started an agency and grew it very in a very similar fashion as you did. Um, I did it. It, it just all of a sudden grew. And I think by the second year, end of the second year, I, I was I had around the same amount of employees. Um, by the third, I think I was at like 20. And then by the fourth, I would think I was at like 25. Um, so you're going through this growth transition phase right now where like, I'm sure it was a lot of fun when you had like five, six employees, Right. Is that, it was easier, that's for it sure. It was easier, yeah. And it was easier and it was a lot more fun. When you get past 10 employees, um, it's now you got to be more corporate uh, because that's just the nature of the beast. It sucks as much as you want to not go that route. Like you just have to. Um, now, with all that said, I'm just like, I'm very, very curious, like how much time you spend watching the clock. I can answer that. I mean, I can tell from the way you talk, Logan, that you care very, very much about how much people clock in, how much they clock out, mm-hmm. how many hours they work, how many hours you work. I mean, is that is that accurate? Yes and no. So I don't I'm not at the point where I have the time to sit there and watch it. What happens is I'll pull a report when it's time to do payroll or I'll look at something. Yeah. I also had a, a bookkeeper in that was recognizing these things and kept bringing them to me. And when you hear a, a complaint from someone else several times and then them telling me it's not being managed, I ended up hiring an office manager. Now it's her job to look at it. Um, and that she's seeing the same things. We've tried to implement some new rules or new structure, new things, and it's just been really complicated and hard because, again, it relies so heavily on self-management. Mm-hmm. Me yeah. and myself, the things that I care about are, one, being able to have my own life outside of work, which doesn't happen when work's not getting done or when we're yep. overspending in areas. Yep. It takes away from my ability to scale or to even have my own personal life. So at the end of the day, when I'm still you know, I have 15 people working and I'm still answering client DMs or I'm still the only one that's responding to a message request that came through the day prior. It's like really disappointing and discouraging to me. And I'm trying to get out of that mindset. For sure. Did you, did you start off by requiring people to be in the office at certain times and leaving at certain times? Is that the way it started? Um, yeah, it was, I also had to like, potential business partners at one point and then they kept not upholding like the like all this structure stuff was supposed to come from two other people that I was going to merge with before I had mm-hmm. a real company going and and what happened was we merged yeah. but then when it came time to do work it, I was the only one working <laughs> so yeah. um all right. it just didn't work out but. I I would I would be um th- this is just from my my experience Every single person has their own uh, their own environment where they they are the most productive. Everyone is not the same. 
Um, there are some people who actually prefer butt and seat at a certain time, come to the office and put their head down and get work done. There's just some people that are that way. Some people need to be sitting at a coffee shop. Some people need to be sitting at home. Um, the environment for every single employee is going to be absolutely different. So like one thing that I did for my agency is I allowed them to choose. I had an office that was optional for them to come, um, but they can work wherever, whenever they wanted to. And I didn't, I didn't watch the clock. Um, everyone was salaried, and, but they did have KPIs. So like, I don't know. It sounds like there's just a lot of anxiety and stress around, around how many hours they work. And just based off what you're saying. And so like, I would, I would highly encourage you to go back to a salary, mm -hmm. um, a salaried structure and let them work a flexible environment. The problem and with that, though, is then they were claiming hours and not working. I did that before. And then the okay, minute but, that I... But, 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 what do you mean claiming still, hours? You're still stuck in hours. You're still stuck in like this hours mentality. Yeah. Things right? weren't getting so, done. Like if you're okay, salary... Okay, now we're, now we're on to something, industry, right? Well, that's what I'm saying. And especially when you're salaried in this industry, you're, um, it's considered um, exempt or whatever. So like there is no such thing as overtime when you're a creative. It's till you yes. get the job done. Right. Nobody has like an overflux of clients or responsibilities or things that are unmanageable to do, but the mm -hmm. same things, they just don't get done. I noticed a huge change in productivity when we did switch to hourly and I did require them to set a schedule, but they set their own schedule. I don't set their schedule. I don't tell them what time to come in or what time to leave or when to take their breaks or how often to take their okay, breaks. But, okay, mm -hmm. but let me, let me ask this question. So, so if, if they're on the hourly setup that you're claiming you like more, which so, so that's okay if you feel like you like it more, I'm going to argue that it's not as good and not as effective. And I feel like Clay's maybe on my side there. Yeah. Um, so, so hourly, if they don't hit their hours, what happens? Nothing. What's the consequence? Nothing. There's no consequence there's for no not consequence. hitting your hours? unless you're full-time then you just don't get full-time benefits but you can also make up those hours at any time too it's a 90-day poll so over 90 days you have to have a 40 40 hour average but you okay, can so let's off. say they don't let's say at the end of 90 days they don't have a 40 hour a week average what happens they just don't get pto like they're not they wouldn't be qualified for benefits how's the okay, work so how's the quality of work um so that's debatable before you answer that, let me continue this line for just a sec. Don't forget that question for just a minute. But okay, mm -hmm. so so nothing happens. Like like what has to happen for them to lose their job? That's mm -hmm. another great question. Like if I think go, you have an employee problem. If they go if they go three 90 day periods without hitting the 40 hour a week threshold, they lose their benefits. But does anything else happen? I mean, have you ever fired anyone? I fired people, yes, but I've okay. fired people for misusing accounts or for okay. not, you know, prolonged issues, not for time clock related things. They just okay. are mm. full time. Like that's not to me. I don't care whether you're full time or part time or when you work or how you work. What I care about is that you get the work done and that it's of but, quality. But, but it doesn't. But that's not how you're measuring their success. Okay, so I, I believe you that you care about the work getting done. But then if you bring an employee in and you say, I only care about if you get the work done. And then you say, oh, and by the way, you have to clock 40 hours a week. 
Mm-hmm. You're going to have employees coming in and sitting butts in chairs for 40 hours a week, whether they're getting the work done or not. And then you're still left frustrated because the work's not getting done, even though people are technically showing up. Right. And so, so and so that's, on. that's what, hold on just a minute. So that's what salaried employee, that's what salaried pay actually yeah. fixes is instead you say, I will pay you $40,000 a year. And I expect this and this and this to get finished by this and this date. And if it doesn't, you will get fired, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Or, or, you know, we will talk about it. You'll have a few chances. But but if consistently you're not meeting deadlines, this is exactly what I do with my team. They get a flat, flat rate, salaried rate, and then I expect things to get done. I don't know if they work one hour on something or 10 hours on something. And frankly, I don't care. Because I care that the thing gets done, and I genuinely care that the thing gets done. And and the the proof that I care most about that is that's what I measure. I don't measure hours, right? So I genuinely don't care how many hours they work. And so on the one hand, you're saying, saying like, I don't care about hours. But on the other hand, that's what you're measuring every 90 days. Okay. But we're measuring that because not everybody works full-time. So like, no. how do you manage employees that aren't full time? You still give them the same benefits because this is again no. Something no, 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 out no, 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 no. We're not talking. We're not talking about benefits. We're talking about pay, and 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 employment, right? So like, benefits yeah. are a different yeah. question because yes, for sure, you, there like there's there's particularly in the U.S. there's laws about how many hours you have to work for you benefits, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So that's what you do. here's what you do. managing is like here's I what you do. Only work a couple days a week part time. Yep. So here, here's how you do that. And I had this, I had both, I had both part-time and full-time is since you have the benefit of the fact that you only do services that you yourself know how to do, right? I was the same way. I knew how to do every single thing in my agency. So you have an idea of how long it should take, right? It's going to take like, you will be just FYI, you will be much faster than most of the people on your team. So just keep that in mind. But like if something something is going to take five hours a week, it takes you five hours a week. It might take somebody else like eight hours a week. You on um, part time employees, you should only assign them enough work that, you know, is a part time gig. So instead of clocking hours. So that's the way you control that. And then for full time people, obviously, you give them enough work that equates to approximately 40 hours, give or take. Because you know how long something should take. And you as a manager have to constantly be checking in with them personally and saying, do you feel mm-hmm. overloaded? Do you feel like you have more bandwidth? Could I give you a little bit more? Or do you feel like you don't have time to complete the things you've been assigned? And it becomes all about completed work as opposed to recorded hours. Okay. So maybe I could rephrase or reframe this a little bit. I also too, um, Reagan and Hannah are here that both work on the management side of things. If either of you guys want to put an input or add a comment or question to it about the struggle or kind of how that is, I would prefer to go that route. I'm not going to lie, like, cause it would make payroll a lot easier and everything a lot less of a headache. But like I said before, I had the issue where Work wasn't getting done. Things weren't getting done. And then there's that expectation. So that's on you, Helen. Okay. That's on yeah. you. Yeah. You 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 have to first of all hire the right people. But but second of all, you have to set those expectations. You have to say this project needs done by this time. And if people miss those deadlines yeah. enough times, you need to fire them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And because because 
if, if the work's not getting done and you're letting them continue to work there, changing the changing the pay structure isn't going to change how those people work. It might in the short term. How right? do you but, that though like so here's the deal like i don't want to be in management at all i don't want to manage my people i hired people to manage i want them to manage but like maybe it's our task management software or the way that like there's something else in our process that's not working because i seem to be the only person that's seeing like email requests or um things that come in from certain clients and then i find myself again at the end of the day nine ten o'clock at night yeah being the one that's answering or being the one that's doing the work um, or having to assign things. Yeah. They don't it, assign things to themselves no. recurring. So like, yeah, how do it's, I fix it's, that? It's a P it's a P I'm telling you right now, I went through this. I, I went through all this bullshit. It is a people problem. It is not a software problem. It is not a process problem it is a people problem. And it's either on the employees or it's on the management or both. Because when I say, when I say management, then it means those expectations were not were not presented at the very beginning when you hire mm-hmm. somebody mm-hmm. that you have to actually be active in this software. Like Another that is so for like a junior role, like somebody who hasn't worked in the industry maybe at all or or in a year or under. What do you put like what kind of salary do you offer them? Uh, I mean, it depends on the market. I mean, I don't. I would. Like obviously, something here and someone here in Austin is going to be much much different than ver- someplace like in Little Rock, Arkansas. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's if you're local, relevant. I don't think it's relevant. I don't think I don't, it's relevant. I don't know that it's that's not relevant. relevant. I think I think there's maybe there's an expectations thing here. I think Logan, because I think first of all, um, are, are you like what? What's your role? Are you CEO? What What do you call yourself? I call myself. What I don't, role do you assume? I don't. I like. I haven't. I don't know. Okay. okay, so here, this is a problem. Like, this I'm is a problem. Annoyed. If you don't know, your employees don't know. That's right. Yeah. If, you, if you do not know, your employees don't know. I know you said you don't want to manage people, but you need to lead people. Okay. That's right. That's, you can hire people to manage the day-to-day, but but you're the leader of the business. Yeah. And and um, do you have an operations person? I was trying to remember when you told us about your team. Um. So I have an executive like assistant, and then I have an office manager. Okay, so what you need is an operations person who says, um, here are the processes that we as a company are going to follow. If you don't feel, Logan, like you're capable enough to do that, which is fine. It's not, you know, whatever. We all have our own strengths. I have SOPs. I put even in software in place too, where we can tell how many times they view something or if they've opened it at all. And on their first day, it's usually part of their onboarding. Like it's a task. And yeah found that, you know, maybe they'll open the document, but then they don't look through the pages or they don't spend time reading it. Then they never look at it ever again. Um, even for things that are resources for, you know, the job that they work every day, response management for clients, yeah. like those are, are things that need to be used on a regular basis. And it was like pulling teeth to get anyone okay. to like use that stuff. So I can, I can tell you how to solve this. Yeah. All right. So going back to my point about it's a people problem, I just want to finish my point there. So setting as management, you have to set those expectations on the front end, right? That you have to actually do this stuff and you have to set those KPIs from a, from a employee problem. If they're just not getting shit done, if assuming you gave those expectations, you just have to fire them and fire them quickly and hire somebody else. So you're, you're holding on to people too long when they're not performing way too long. And that's costing you thousands of dollars and headache and stress. I mean, I can tell you're so anxious and stressed about this. Yeah, no, yeah. I would agree with so, that. 
And I'm just desperate to fix it too. Cause the ones so, that I have, like the good employees that I have are the ones that suffer. Yeah. So here, yep. here's, here's how you solve the, um, the issue of like them viewing something and then they, they never view it again is whenever you tell them, um, Hey, review this stuff. You tell them that they need to present on it to you or, or management or someone that, or to the team they need. So like what, what, what software do you use for, I just want to know, like so curious. we, um, we were using teamwork and we use connect team. So connect team for like, um, time clock management. And the, the part of clocking in and clocking out is important because some of our clients are billed off of the work that we do for them. So like, it's important that they're on the right clock. Like that's also what I wanted to know. They're not billed off the work you do for them. They're billed off of the hours that you have employees working on their project. Yeah. 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 Like, okay, so because that that issue can trickle down side yeah, tangent that, here, right? If you build your if you build your clients by the project, you wouldn't have to track your employees' hours on each client project either. Yeah, stop. Yeah. I would stop billing hourly. Stop billing so, hours. Stop paying hourly. All of the hourly is what's causing all of these headaches. Yeah. Yeah, but then I ended up with so I had that as a thing too, and then again, I'm a startup, like literally bootstrap. Never got funding, nothing for this, and this yeah, came us up too. Way well. You know. So trying to find somebody that can run operations at the level that it makes sense to quote people or, or price things out. Like I have a big issue too with knowing how much time it takes someone else versus how much time it takes me. So it was easier for me to come up with what was fair and then the client agree to pay that. And here's the problem with it. Here's the problem with hourly. I'm just going to tell you, and we can spend a whole episode mm-hmm. on hourly billing hourly. It's completely doing you a, a injustice because like mm-hmm. here's here's where here's where the problem with hourly is one you're going to attract hourly employees and hourly talent you know what that means right like it's low quality people it's people um, who want to come sit in a chair for an hour and get paid yeah. whatever they get paid for the hour yeah i mean there's a difference between like you know if you're paying somebody fifty thousand dollars a year versus somebody like on salary versus somebody who's getting paid twenty four dollars an hour like that's the same pay, but one's going to attract the $50,000 salary is going to attract a higher quality person just because it's a salaried employee, not an yeah. hourly. So there's point number one. Point number two on billing hourly for clients is you are bottlenecking the hell out of your business. And what I mean by that is um, you're, you're billing by how long it takes, not the, the worth, not the value not the that value. you're worth. Right, like you're, I'm, you're I'm punishing about, yourself. The better that you get, if you build processes yeah. that you get a project done in half the time, you get paid half as much. That's yeah. a joke. It's you're you're you are penalizing yourself for getting it done quicker. You know what I mean? Like it just doesn't make sense. Like tomorrow, like I'm about to fly out on an airplane to go do a one day consult for five hours, not even a full day. And I'm charging them $10,000 for a, a consultation for five hours. If I were to bill hourly, I would not get paid $10,000. But that's my worth is $10,000 for a five-hour time block. So like that is the problem with hourly is like you, you're, you cannot – it's going to be so much harder to increase your prices even like when, when – especially when you grow and you scale up. And so like you just – you got to bill by the project and then you got to pay salary. Not everything is hourly, but I have some big, like, big clients that have multiple, like, drug and alcohol treatment centers, because that's one of our main niches. 
they require that we submit a report on what we did per mm. center. Because they're like a 5013C yeah. or whatever. Some of them, yeah. Some of, the, some of the centers aren't, some of them aren't, some of them are for profit, but they need to be able to tell the difference between the work that was done and where the budget went. So even if it's paid out of one account, they're able to take that documentation and then submit it to them. So even the ones that, like, they pay a flat rate per month, but then it also alerts me too if we're going over budget and then, you know, it's dipping into, like, I have two alerts set up for that. So if they're overclocking on stuff, like, one, like, we need to know like, okay, they, you know, cause they'll request things. And that was like, that was the first problem that I, I was tackling was um, requests coming in and then going directly to employees and then them not knowing what service the client's in and then just doing the work with the client not paying for the work. So instead we switched that around to where there's not even uh, any opportunity or chance of that happening. So, and there was, that was more clearly defined and it, yeah, to me, to me, you need an operations person that comes in and looks at all of this. When a request comes in, comes in from a client, where does it go? Who handles it? Who's responsible for it? Uh, who assigns it out, or or who uh, takes on the assignment themselves? If it doesn't get done, what happens? What are the consequences? Like all of those questions, an operations person, every single important task that happens in your business, they could decide. And maybe Logan, maybe you're the person that does that, but someone needs to dedicate like their entire job at your company for a year figuring out mm-hmm. um, what happens in each of these instances and then developing very, very clear SOPs for your employees. And if your employees don't follow those SOPs, then they can't work there. I mean, it's as simple as that. It, it feels like a lot of your problems could be solved. And I don't want to say go fire your whole team because that's stressful too. But like, it feels like a lot of your problems could be solved if you could get the right butts in seats. And yep. And and that's super hard, and that's hard advice to give too, right? And we don't know I your team. Or I think that's the well, core problem. That's but it feels like it feels like everything's coming back to that issue. Yeah, is that fair? Is that wrong? Is that, I mean, what what's your gut reaction? Well, I mean, I I I would agree with that. I'm just again at the point. So the whole process of going freelance to founder, and then you have that conceptual of like whether it's you or them. So my my sure. strength right now is is in the relationships that I have with the people that we're offering services to. It sucks mm-hmm. because I have my hands then so elbow deep in making sure that whatever we're promising them is being delivered, even if I have to do it myself. So that keeps me very busy. Then yeah. again, having the budget to hire um, somebody that's high level, I've, I've done that too in the past. Like I, again, I flew somebody across the country to, to work here and then they got here and you know they were a frog. That's what we've been calling them. We get a lot of portfolios too. You would die looking at some of these portfolios for people that want professional positions and they're like adults and it's like a joke. Um, so the talent for pool sure. is kind of talent sad. pool is tough right now across the whole country, maybe even the world. It's yeah. for sure hard, but I, but I think, I think there are people and, and you may, you might consider like more of a remote team setup, right? You're right now you're sort of handicapping yourself to only hiring locally. I tried um, that too. I'll, I'll send, it's funny. Cause I don't know if you guys, post any visuals or anything but we I hired somebody remotely and then all of a sudden you know I for certain stuff in order to like track we used Hubstaff as well which allows mm-hmm. um like screenshots of them working and that was just to like contemplate what they were doing during that time and and kind of make a value for it until we have that trust factor because again yeah I don't have thousands of dollars to just blow and this person half their week was spent sending nude photographs of themselves to other people because I guess they didn't realize that it was taking screenshots um talking to other clients and people 
about work rather than doing work for us. And then they, they're billing us for that time, you know? I'll, I'll tell you everything. Uh, so all of these problems are all rooted and sourced from one issue, uh, really two issues, is one, you got to spend a lot more time hiring the right people yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and filtering those out, like slow hire, slow hire, right? But quick to fire. It's so cliche, but it but it's cliche because it works. It works. Like 90 days. Slow de- to hire, dude, fast like, to hire. Preston, Preston said 90 days. Like I, my, for me, I give it like 45 days. Oh, no, no. Getting, I, yeah. I, I said she was on a 90 day rotation. Days, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like 45 days, if they're missing deadlines, they're not doing their shit. Boom. They're done. I'm out. Like, I don't even like, I don't yeah. even give them a second chance. Like, I'm sorry, but if you're not in my software, make doing like, like what you're supposed to do, like, I'm sorry, then you're, you're just not going to work out. I will say all of that on uh, uh, keeping in mind that like no one will ever care as much about your business as you do. Right, yeah. Logan. But but also like you could you could maybe work on managing client expectations that that you're not going to respond to a text at 10 o'clock p.m. Neither your employees nor you are going to do that. Right. You can't expect that from your employees. And I wouldn't expect that from yourself. And you got to help clients understand that that's not something they can expect from you. But man, there's like there's like so much more we could talk about. Unfortunately, we're out of time for today. But um, Logan, I hope I hope this has been somewhat helpful and not not just frustrating no. for you. I, I don't know. What what do you think in the last maybe minute and a half? What do you think you can pull out of this moving forward? Yeah, I appreciate it. The the only the last question I was gonna ask was just kind of if you had any um like questions and then what the response to those questions would be while you're in the hiring process that might kind of help me weed out faster. Oh, that's such a great question. Logan, um, could we have you back on for another episode and yeah. talk about that? Because sure, Clay's gotta to. run today. Yeah. I would love to. Okay, we're going to find a time, listeners, to have Logan back on. We're going to talk all about what questions you should ask when hiring someone for your team because that's such a great topic. I talk a whole episode on that. Yes, we could easily take a full episode. It's like red flags to look out for, you know, green flags to watch for, really good employees, how to find them. I think Clay and I have figured a little bit of that out. Um, we've both got great teams. So, yeah, let's let's definitely do that. Logan, right now, why don't you quickly just let people know where they can find you, stay in touch with you, and then we'll wrap up. Awesome. Well, my personal Instagram is um, that marketing bitch. If you're interested in learning more about Argon Agency, it's argon.agency um, or argonagency.com, A-R-G-O-N agency.com. Awesome. Perfect. Logan, thanks so much cool. for taking time to be here with us today. And Clay, thanks as always, man. Thank you. Thanks a lot, guys. Freelance to Founder is produced by the team at Millo. Visit M-I-L-L-O dot C-O to level up your freelancing. And Dripify, visit getdripify.com to become a bad A in business. Freelance to Founder is also part of the Podglomerate. You can check out more amazing podcasts at thepodglomerate.com. The theme music for this show was produced by Joaquin Carud. You can catch past episodes at FreelanceToFounder.com or by searching Freelance to Founder in your favorite podcast player. While you're at it, we'd love an honest review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's all for now. Until next time. See ya.